what up what up fantasy football hustler back at you and oh yeah we're taking it back to last off season i had james co on the show and we're going all the way back to his beginnings his come up in the sports broadcasting world give some awesome career advice really appreciate you guys everyone who's watching this live on the premiere shout out appreciate you throwing some comments all right guys don't forget go to hustlerpod.com for everyone who listens to podcasts that's where you can get all the fantasy football hustler pods go there right now hustlerpod.com go get subscribed and everything really appreciate you guys and here we go with james co like being a reporter's kind of sort of like oh that's a possibility at least right like but for me growing up none of that was a possibility um, I didn't know anybody in those fields. And so what I had to end up doing was kind of sort of slowly taking a slow approach to everything and um, kind of carving out my own path. I like that. And I mean, what you're saying resonates with me. I mean, it does seem like sports broadcasting is mostly a bunch of white guys. I, I'm Mexican. And so I, I didn't have, you know, many role models doing this kind right. of thing I mean, more now, but yeah, mostly, um, it is what it is. So I'm glad there's more diversity, you know, coming to the table. And I'm glad guys like you are, you know, kind of spearheading it. Yeah, man. And, you know, when I first was coming up, I didn't really pay it no mind because you don't have the bandwidth mentally to even think about that, you know. But once you start getting a little bit more established and I started going to more, you know, Asian American uh, journalist conferences and stuff, um, I became more aware of my position. I became more aware of you know, kind of the tone I was setting and, um, and, and trying to be a, a, a role model to, to younger folks. And, um, and once I became more of an established, you know, person on TV, like I can't, I took that responsibility a little bit more seriously. And I understand, um, that that is part of the game too. Yeah. We need people setting the tone and just like being a role model. I mean, if, if nothing else, you know, and you're definitely, yeah. uh, setting a good standard out there. So I, I appreciate you for uh, setting the tone. Let's go all the way back to KIBS radio station. What kind of, <laughs> what kind of made that, what kind of made that happen just in general? I don't even know how to get into that. Bro, you did your research on this one, eh? Yeah. Uh, my, my first media, uh, one of my first media gigs was um, working at Small Town Radio, and uh, KIBS was a, a small uh, country music station uh, located in Bishop, California, and um, it, population 5,000 people, small mountain town, uh, just south of Mammoth Mountain. But um, and yeah, and when I went o when I got there, um, you know, it was kind of like I want to do sports. Um, and I let them know, like, I want to do sports broadcasting, you know, um, and they were basically anytime you go to these small markets, what happens, it's, it's just kind of like you have to put on a lot of different hats, you know, so like part of it was like, hey, listen, you could do sports broadcasting, but we also need a country music DJ. Um, and you need to be able to do that, you know. I wanted to ask you, you know, about that. How did that all come into play? Did they like hold you hostage and say you have to be the DJ in order to I, do this? Yeah, basically. I wouldn't <laughs> say holding me hostage. I mean, like, yeah, it's a great opportunity for me, you know. And um, when you have no experience and you have no connections and you don't know anything about the business and everything, like, you got to get your first steps wherever you can get it. Um, I've I've got a an old adage that I, I really, truly, honestly believe in, um, which is you can either, when you're getting into a hyper-competitive space like sports broadcasting, you can either pick your job title 
or you can pick your job location, but very rarely can you pick both. Right. And so for me, I pick job title, um, which means I will take any job that does sports broadcasting and I will take it anywhere in the, it, it and I'll take it anywhere in the U S right. So I'm not going to be, I'm going to be completely location agnostic. Like I don't care. You know, I just want the job, um, versus other people who say, well, lifestyle is more important to me and there's nothing wrong with that. So if I grew up in, let's say, I don't know, Chicago, well, I'm not going to take any job outside of, you know, two hours of Chicago. Well, okay. Now you got to pick your Now you're picking your location over your job, but very rarely can you pick both. Um, so when I got to KIBS, it was more of just a, okay, so you've got to do country music, DJ stuff. Um, but we'll, but you can also call games and that's what, that's what we did. So, um, I called high school football and basketball games. Um, and then, you know, during the day I was a country music DJ as well. So that, that's nice. kind of how I approached it. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. And, um, it totally makes sense. Yeah. You can't pick your job title and location. Some people may want to work at a bigger, more established place and may not get to do what you want. So I, right. I totally get that. How about we switch gears to when you got into TV with KBAK? Yeah, that's the CBS and Fox affiliate uh, there in Bakersfield. But um, I, when I, after I worked at KIBS, I actually went. I talked about going back, and I, you know, I was this you know twenty six or twenty four year old kid, twenty five year old. I don't know. I was twenty five or something like that. I'm making you know. I think I was making twenty k, right? And um, and I just am the kind of person I've got too many ambitions. I'm too smart of a dude. Like I, I just knew that I wasn't going to be that cat um, working in small town radio for the rest of my life. That just wasn't for me. Um, and so now how do I go chase that paper? Like, how do I go get that bag? Like, how do I go do that? Well, I go do that by being on TV because TV money is exponentially more uh, than radio money. Well, here I am. I'm, like I said, I don't know anything about the business. I don't know anything about TV. I don't even know how to get on TV, right? <laughs> how do I go about doing that? Well, for most people who don't know anything and don't have any connections, going back to school is the only way. Um, and that's what I did. So, you know, uh, fortunately for myself, I got accepted at uh, the USC master's program for journalism, uh, got my master's degree in journalism. And then after that, um, I had a couple of internships. And by the way, man, like everything I'm talking about, so much of it is like, you know, networking. Um, and, and I can get into that too. I, I could spend like an hour talking about that. But uh, but basically, I had an internship at, at ABC7 here in Los Angeles, and basically, um, I made a pretty good impression. I talked to one of their sports anchors, Kurt Sandoval, who um, kind of launched me into this whole thing, and I sent him my tape, and I said, hey, listen, will you just take a look at it and just let me know what you think about it? Yeah, like, no expectations. I just want you, I, I just want, like, a critique. And he says, hey, this is really good. Like, you're really good for a college kid, you know, blah, blah, blah. Why don't you send it up? to these two cats in Bakersfield and just see what's going on. Um, and so then I sent it to them, you know, one thing leads to another. I go work, start working at KBAK, not as a sports anchor. Okay. As a part-time cameraman working for 10 bucks an hour, 20 hours a week, uh, shooting high school football games. Okay. 
that was my first TV job was being a part-time camera guy uh, shooting high school football. Um, and then, you know, look, I, I, everyone kind of, I let people know about my background and about my aspirations, what I wanted to do. Um, but that was my foot in the door. Uh, we talk about picking, you know, location or job title. And it's like, I, unfortunately I picked kind of sort of neither one, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't want to be a camera guy and I didn't want to live in Bakersfield, man. <laughs> but, um, but you know, I felt, I felt like it was a good, uh, foot in the door and ultimately, um, they gave me, uh, a full-time gig as a camera guy. Then they, then I had a, then my boss was like, wait, hold up. You actually have an, you actually have a master's and you want to be on air. Uh, he didn't know this at the time at first, when I first started working there and I was like, yeah. And he's like, well, show me your tape. I was like, well, here's my tape. And he's like, what the hell are you doing being a camera guy, bro? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I know. He's like, okay, well, why don't we make you a weekend reporter? So, um, so that's what, ha that's kind of how, like how my career kind of really got started was, um, being a, 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 a camera guy Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then being a reporter on Saturday, Sunday. And, um, and I just did news. Like I never covered sports. I never covered sports when it, for the, the two years that I was in Bakersfield, um, but I won a bunch of awards covering, uh, doing journalism, covering hard news. Uh, then I got up to San Diego, um, your, your, your location. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and it was the same thing, but this time now they made me a full-time news reporter. So I was just doing on-air stuff. Uh, I was still shooting my own stuff. I was still, I was still shooting, editing, writing, doing everything on my own, slapping this all together. Nice. Um, the crazy thing was bro like i was the thing was i was really good at it like i won a bunch of accolades doing that but i didn't want to do it <laughs> <laughs> that's what i was going to ask what what was some of the things that helped you get i mean with k kbak get the emmys get the ap reporter of the year what were some of the some of the things that that got you those awards um, I would say I studied a lot of tape. I did a lot of self-study and I think for people in our industry, I don't think enough people do that. You know, like you got to go back look at your work. Um, and, uh, I, I still have a, uh, a pen and paper, um, of stuff. Like I, I've got a pen and paper that I, of stuff that I just like notes that I write down for myself, like, okay, improve on this, you know, Hey, these are things that you do well. Uh, the things that you do well, just do more of that. Um, and that was like my first boss, my first boss, like, you know, really sat down with me and said, okay, I like this. I don't like this. And he would say, I need you to work on this. And for the next week, that's all I would work on. I would just work on that, that one thing, you know, whether it was like, uh, you have like a verbal crutch, you say, I don't know. I, I forgot what it was. That I said, I, I don't know what it was, but he was like, you need to get rid of that. And I'm like, all right, cool. So I would just work on that all week. Like never say that word, you know? Uh, or like, yeah, when you're shooting your stuff, it's like, okay, well we need more of this. And it's like, it's just like, you're just, it, it's like Legos, man. You're just building. It's just small little pieces. And then after time, like, you know, this one little Lego block now turned into like a, a pretty cool looking house. Um, and that's kind of sort of how it was for me. You know, I just, you just working on one skill. I work literally on one skill a week and to the point where I feel comfortable saying, okay, now that's not a weakness. 
that's kind of how I uh, I've always approached it uh, from day one, and I and I still approach it uh, to this day. I like it. And it's funny. Some of the things that you're saying are resonating with me right now. Things that I've been working on filler words yeah. that I've been trying to remove. So it's, it, yeah. it, it's all, it's all hitting home. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. And I think self-evaluation is so important, you know? Um, and, and I think not enough people do that. First of all, in real life. Okay. Yeah. But especially in this industry, in this business where there are some people that are so talented, man. They're, they're just, they are just gifted, you know, like they're like LeBron James, you know what I'm saying? Like that dude is just a genetic freak. Right. And like, sometimes I see these people, these young cats come up, you know, doing their on air stuff. I'm like, bro, how are you 23 years old? Like you're so good, dude. You know, it's crazy to me, you know? Um, I, but I was not that way. I'm not that guy. I needed to work on my craft. I needed to hone my craft. The only thing that I had that I think um, was special was desire and passion, you know? Um, and that's the only thing I think that, um, well, and listen, I, I, I think what really sets me apart, I think, um, and the reason I've been able to move up in my career is because I do treat this as a business. Um, and I'm, I'm very professional with it, very intellectual with it. I, I think about this, you know, I try to think about this on a high level, intellectually, uh, intelligently, and try to move forward like that. Um, but really treating this and myself as a business. So that's kind of um, my approach to everything. But that all starts with self-evaluation. Like you got to know where you suck. Like you got to <laughs> know where you're good and do those things that are good and just do a lot of that. You know, um, and, and I think it's easy for people to say, well, I suck in this area, so I need to improve on that. But there's the other side of it too, which is what are you good at? And don't let other people tell you what it is. Like maybe they can kind of sort of like push you on the right path maybe, but you got to figure out what is it you like to do? and What is it that you do well? And hopefully those two things marry. You know, I, I, it's like, it's like when I watch like a basketball player, you know, um, you know, somebody who, who really, there are guys who like to score, right. But they're not good at scoring, right. That's a bad, that right there is a bad combo. <laughs> so you not only have to like what you are good at, but also be good at it. And that part of it took me a while to figure out and like, just kind of, piecing all of this stuff together um, and and just working on that, man. And it's not, there's no definitive answer. It's more art than it is science. Heck yeah. And self-evaluation, there's a lot of people that I, I could tell in this space. I mean, I, I'm doing this to make this full time. I, I'm treating this like a business every step of the way. And I can see there's some people who don't and that's okay. And um, it just is what it is, but you can totally see the people that are doing it for fun and the people who are Busting, busting their ass to get better every single piece of content they put out. Heck yeah. And so you went from Fox 5 to KTTV. And is that the, that's the Fox affiliate in LA, right? Yeah, it's the Fox affiliate in LA. Um, and this was the first gig um, in, you know, in six years um, that I got a, a, a dedicated sports role, you know, 
um, where I was their weekend sports anchor um, because in Bakersfield, never, never touched sports, never talked about it. In San Diego, I covered sports a little bit, but I did more of like sports human interest stories. Um, okay. And um, and I covered the, some, sometimes I would cover like the culture of sports in San Diego. Sometimes I would cover the economics of sports uh, in San Diego, but it was never like, oh, the Chargers, you know, beat the Raiders and we're, we go live to James Coates. Like, no, nah, I never covered a game story. Like I never, that's not how it was. Um, so I did sports related stories in San Diego, but when I got to LA, it was the very first time that I actually got to go to the Lakers locker room, uh, go to the Dodgers locker room. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, and, and go check out and cover these teams like a sports reporter. Um, and even then I was only doing it like, you know, three out of the five days, sometimes, sometimes only two out of the five days. Um, and yeah, that's, and again, like, you know, when I got there, it was just, it was more of the same. It's just kind of like, um, I go back to my other example, right. But like, I was really good at covering news. I have news awards. I have an Edward R. Murrow award. That's like one of the highest, you know, awards you can get in journalism. They don't have an Edward R. Murrow. Um, well, I guess they do, but I, I didn't win one for sports. I won one for news. I won an Associated Press Award, um, Small Market Reporter of the Year for news, right? Like I'm good at news um, and I'm really good at taking these complex ideas and then melting it all down and uh, making it approachable and digestible. And by the way, that what makes me good in news is also what makes me good in sports. I take these complex ideas and I'm able to somehow then flip it all around and turn it into a, a Hulk Hogan sketch. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like I'm able to take these like crazy complex, you know, next gen stats analysis and then package that all, all up and turn that into some weird, you know, Jim Cramer knockoff, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so um, those are similar skills that I brought to the table, but it's, it's just funny um, because even though I was good at it, I wasn't passionate about it. And that's where there was not a good match. Um, and I re really was passionate about sports. Um, and I always knew that's the, the field that I ultimately um, wanted to get into, despite winning all of these awards. I love it. And it, it's more of a roundabout way, you know, from getting into sports. I mean, there's a lot of professional athletes that get their job just because they were a professional athlete. You had to bust your ass along the way to be able to get the opportunities. So it's good to see. I mean, I didn't know. I, I knew a little bit about, you know, pre NFL network, but I'm glad that I got to hear a lot of behind the scenes right now because NFL network, that was when I first learned about you watching the fantasy shows, you know, way back in the day. And, you and Adam Rank always stood out to me because you guys always had the wrestling references and um, <laughs> making it digestible, making it easy to take in everything that you guys are dropping. Yeah, and Adam Rank is, is a special character, man, for sure. Um, uh, and we, we actually have some announcements coming down the pipe uh, relatively soon. We're not ready to go there yet. But, um, but yeah, man, no, listen, um, when I got to NFL Network, that was my first full-time, you know, five days a week, um, sports gig, you know, and, and part of the reason I got that job, um, was because 
of my news background. And, and the reason I say that is because when you're working in news, you have to become a really good interviewer. Um, I, I mean, I guess you don't have to, but certainly if you're good, you're a good interviewer. First and foremost, if you're a good journalist, that means you're a good interviewer. Yeah. Because you're not coming up with the data. You're not coming up with the information. You have to get the data. How do you get the information? You have to get it from experts. You have to get it from people. How do you do that? You got to ask the right questions, um, which means you have a good interview. So I was always a really good interviewer. Um, and I applied that to all my sports stories as well. Like I would really think about like, okay, what questions am I going to ask? Like, how are they going to respond? If they respond this way, what am I going to ask as a follow-up? If they respond this way, what am I going to ask as a follow-up? Like I would have like a list of like, you know, five questions and then what if questions, right? Um, and, and then one of the big things that I did when I was with Fox 11 in Los Angeles was I started my own MMA show uh, for, for the Fox affiliate there. And uh, it was the first local you know, MMA show, um, that they ever had in LA. And I was just a big MMA fan, you know, like I just wanted to talk to these guys anyways, long story short, I ended up, um, getting on the radar for the UFC and they would send me everybody, man. You know, they would send me John Jones, BJ Penn, like, you know, they would send me whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like whoever wants to talk, like, you know, we're going down, we're going to talk to Anderson Silva, all these dudes, you know, so it's all good. (laughs) But I would, because I was a fan and because I was a good, um, a good interviewer, like I would, I would ask for long sit down interviews and these interviews, um, ended up, um, you know, really taken off online. Um, like they would get like 200, 300,000 views. This is back in the day. Uh, what is this back in like 2012, like 2012 or something? It was a while back anyways. Um, and they were getting hundreds of thousands of views. To the point where some of these MMA guys were like, I I remember there was one headline and this headline literally got me my job at NFL Network. James Coe, one of the best interviewers in MMA. Hell yeah. Sits down with John Jones, right? And and the reception on it was so good, so great. Um, Anyways, when I went into that NFL Network thing, when they Googled my name, that was the first thing that popped up was that headline. And so this guy that was, that was doing the hiring or whatever, he's like, yo, we need some good interviewers here at NFL network. Um, and we had this, you know, we had a really long conversation, blah, blah, blah. One thing led to another. That's how I ended up getting my job, um, at NFL network. That's awesome. Who was uh, one of your first big interviews that you can remember after you got to the NFL network? Um, I remember, I, I remember it was like, I was uh, only like a couple months into the job and like, I, I sat down or I did a, a satellite interview with uh, Peyton Manning, you know, nice. here, here goes Peyton Manning coming off of like an MVP season. You're like, Oh my Lord. Um, but yeah, no, it was great. You know? And it was like, I, it was a little bit stressful because like they only gave me about 30 minute notice, you know? And like, I'm oh, the kind man. of guy that like literally spends like you know, three, four hours researching somebody and researching the questions that I'm going to ask. Like, I know I only have like a, a few questions when you're doing this like press junket, you know? Um, so I was all stressed out, but I, I thought I handled it all right. And, um, and yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Um, but those interviewing skills, they translate, they translated more to my job as a host uh, because I would ask good questions to my 
to my co-hosts, my analysts, you know, like you mentioned Adam Rank, Marcus Grant, like all these guys, like I would ask them, uh, I would try to ask them good pointed questions that they, you know, could, that they could really shine, you know, like it's not about the person asking the question, but man, if you ask a good question, that's when you get good TV. Um, and that was my job. That was my role. And I took that role very seriously. Nice. So you just had to set it up, let them spike it down. I like it. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So and like, it was different, right? Like if anyone who's familiar with my work back at the NFL network, like I didn't have a lot of personality pieces back then. Um, I was a host and I would set up, I would like lob it up to, to Adam rank, to dunk it in. I would lob it up, um, to Marcus Grant to, to dunk it in. You know what I mean? Like that was my role. Um, it's after I left NFL network and don't get me wrong. Listen, man, like, obviously if you watch danger zone with Adam rank and I like, obviously I always had personality to do these things. I, that just wasn't my role there. Um, but once I left, um, and started doing other things as an analyst and not as a host, that's when I felt like my career really kind of sort of took, uh, took hold and took shape and, and really started taking off. Are you ready, Jerry? I'm ready. just want to make sure you're ready, brother. Show me the money. Oh, you didn't know? Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. Every day I'm hustling. You put my shoes on, you wouldn't last a mile. Summertime, when it's time, I'm on the grind. Yeah, I got the ring, I'm the champ, I'm the chibi of the lamp. This is the gift I was given, so I just live by my hustle. Okay, let's go smoke that joint.